history in Phoenix, Arizona tonight, ladies and gentlemen. The Phoenix Suns have now won 18, 18 consecutive games. The longest winning streak in the 54-year history of your Phoenix Suns. And it happened tonight as they defeat the Detroit Pistons by 11 points, 114 to 103. Yes, Matthew, the winning streak is now legal. It can buy <laughs> cigarettes and porn. Yeah, and actually, I, I feel like I spoke this into... Uh, I, I, what was Existence? I... What was it? Existed, but what was it? Twelve games where I was like, "Oh, it's a franchise record," but then yeah. they actually now have it. They have yeah. it now, dude. No, oh, yeah, into existence. Now. Sorry, I was thinking about the games. I'm like, I remember doing this. I think it was twelve games, and I'm just like, "Why did I say that?" Now it's eighteen. Now it's official. This is something crazy, man. What? What a hard fought win, man. You know these teams aren't going to go away. EJ brings it up all the time, so mm-hmm. it's going to be a tough game. It's the 18th win in a row. This team wants to snap it, and too bad, man. The Suns are just that good, even without Devin Booker again. Exactly. Starting Landry Shamit in his stead, the the Phoenix Suns win. Uh, they with the 18th win in a row now moves them into a tie for the 11th longest winning streak of all time. Random question, Matthew. Do you know yeah. how many games the longest winning streak of all time is? It's 33, right? That's right. The Boston, Boston Celtics, right? Uh, Los Angeles Lakers. The, oh, Lakers, okay. The 1971-72 Los Angeles Lakers won 33 games. Uh, the Golden State Warriors okay. uh, twice won 28. Or it looks like once. It, or once. It carried over on a couple seasons. And then it kind of goes down the list. But we are on that upper echelon of all-time longest winning streaks. I mean, we talked about it on the last pod just to not lose for the entire month of November is impressive, but now they, they, it started in October. We're now in December and you have to appreciate these moments. Cause again, this winning streak is as long as total games. They won when, when Deandre was a rookie, man, I know. And could you imagine that the night that we get 18 straight, there's another team that loses by 73 points. Oh yeah. The the biggest margin in NBA history. (laughs) Yes. We're going to, we're going to be talking about that at the back end of the pod in our thoughts. Cause I had to bring that up and I wanted to go over that box score. Uh, But yeah, I mean, uh, unbelievably, you know, I wouldn't say overly impressive win had they carried over their first half, uh, 18 point lead into the second half and completely dominate. Uh, we probably would have said so, but when you look at the end score and you see they win by 11 points, you're like, okay, yeah, that's that's Phoenix Suns basketball. They did yes. what they were supposed yeah. to do tonight against the Detroit Pistons. So welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Suns Jam Session podcast. I'm John. He's Matthew. John and Matthew Jam Session is what we're here to provide you with tonight. Make sure you follow me at Darth Voida on Twitter. You can follow Matthew on Twitter. At Matthew Lissy. And you can follow the show at Suns Jam. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that thumbs up button while you're here. Subscribe as well. And if you want to become an elite jamster, simply click the join button or follow the link in the description. And as always, if you are listening on a podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you are consuming this content. And if you're on Apple content, con- Podcasts, give us a five-star review. We'll read it right here on the podcast. So, Matthew, tell me you're having a celebratory beer tonight. I do. Do you have one? I got myself a oh, Budweiser. Got one. I went to the you lobby got and got a Budweiser. Oh, I'm like, okay. tonight's the night. 18 yeah, you got in a row. Thank I got to celebrate this. What was it $10 for that? Yeah, charge it to the game, player. Charge it to the game. <laughs> so pop them if you got them, Suns fans. 18 All in right. a row. 
Oh, it might already be open. Oh, is that a yeah. bad omen? <laughs> yeah, that's a bad omen. <laughs> no, oh, let's not God. go. Oh, I no. screwed it all up. Eighteen straight for your Phoenix Suns. They are now nineteen and three on the season, and it, it's funny, Matthew, because one of the things that we were doing on the podcast uh, while we were in Vegas is, and, and it was kind of almost the mantra of you and me being in Vegas, is we kept saying like, "Let's go, let's, let's go, go, right? Let's go, yeah, and, yeah, yeah." And just so people aren't overly annoyed by that, the reason that we do that is we both listen to the Pil- the Bill Simmons podcast pretty religiously, and every Friday he has Adam Schefter on, and they do their NFL Adam picks. Schefter, Schefter, uh, and they they do their picks, and Schefter typically just says "Let's go" a lot while we do it. So it's kind of become this mantra, and it's funny because I'm again I'm in Reno, Nevada, working in a restaurant, managing that restaurant uh, until they find a new dining services director, and until my building is complete uh, in Scottsdale. And that's become the mantra of my serving team is we walk around all day just going, let's go. Like if somebody, you know, is like, hey, I just punched in an order. Let's go. It's the most annoying shit ever. (laughs) Uh, And we love it. And that's, you know, those are the kind of things that, you know, make you feel like a team makes you and I feel like a team. And that's exactly what the Phoenix Suns did tonight. They were just let's go and all over. Matthew, I got to ask. I had to explain to the Jamsters why we've been saying that so much. Okay. <laughs> but, the, but the question I have for you, Matthew, is, yeah. you know, obviously the Phoenix Suns let an 18-point lead dissipate at halftime, and mm-hmm. it got down to the point where it was tied. I mean, the Detroit Pistons in the third quarter put a 17-0 run on the Phoenix Suns, got back in the game. Are you worried at all, as we know the Phoenix Suns have to play the Warriors tomorrow night, are you worried because they didn't get enough rest in the second half? You know what this reminds me of is when you have a big day the next day and you have to get some sleep and all you're doing is you're just laying there all night long and you cannot get any rest, right? Because you're so worried about the next day and what you have to get done. That's basically what it was tonight with the Suns worrying about the the Warriors tomorrow. But then you think like, no, this is a different team, right? This is a different team. Well, we've asked this question many times where it's like, do they worry about the back-to-backs? I don't think they do. I really don't think they do. I think they just played a team where the Pistons that wanted to put up a fight, they went through a run, which always happens. I was really yeah. actually really surprised it went back to zero where actually their lead dissipated to zero and it was a tie ball game. But then I'm like, I don't know. Are they going to take the lead? They didn't, which was crazy because I'm like, they're, they're going to. That momentum, it just seemed like the Pistons, I didn't think they were going to win the game. But that momentum they had, I thought they would take the lead. And I just think the Suns right now, they don't worry about this stuff. They don't worry about the next game or that game. That's why they're on the 18-game win streak because it's one game at a time, one possession at a time, which is cheesy as it seems. But that's <laughs> the way Chris Paul plays, man. It's it's one possession at a time for him. And it doesn't care. He doesn't care if he plays 80 minutes tonight, if it's triple overtime, whatever. Just get the win. And then you move on to the next game. If you're tired, you're tired. Then you figure it out then. Yeah, I think that we look at kind of how we analyze teams that are coming in to play Phoenix on the second night of a back-to-back. And when you sit there and let's just say, for example, you're writing the preview and the, and the review of a game for brightside of the sun.com quick shout out to brightside of the sun.com. Go check them out. Great stuff. But when you're writing those, 
previews, you're sitting there, you're like, you know, okay, the Suns are playing the Portland Trailblazers. They're coming off the second night of a back-to-back. It should be a fairly easy game for Phoenix because they're going to be tired. And what yeah. we always find is those teams typically are more engaged because they played the night before. So I know it might be a some sick, twisted point of view for me to have, but when Detroit was coming back, you know, one, Eddie was making a great point on the broadcast. He's like, teams like this know how to play from behind because they're always behind. Yes. You know, yeah. so they yeah. know how to, to how to get back into games. They know how to keep fighting. The challenge that those teams have is they just don't know how to win yet. And we know what that looks like because that was the Suns for the past decade. But part of me was like, you know what? I'm okay with them pushing this team a little bit, especially with Devin Booker not present. You need to get more, you know, see more of what the rotations can look like without him as he'll be out for a, a little bit of time with the hamstring injury. So I wasn't opposed to it because I knew that this team had the capacity to, you know, put him away. And ultimately, this game down came down to those clutch time minutes again under five minutes less than you know five or less points with about 243 left in the game the pistons got it to within five points and then the suns were plus six from then on out uh you know cam johnson hit a three mikhail had a couple big shots and the suns ultimately put them away and again that all that does is breed confidence in these guys who are going to have more opportunities and more shot attempts in the close games when Devin Booker is out. So I might be sick and twisted for being like, you know, what? I don't, I didn't want them to blow him out by 30. Cause I don't think that rest thing really is a big deal going into another game. It's not like five minutes of play is not going to, like, oh, we would have beat the warriors tomorrow, but they got five extra minutes of play time on, on Thursday night. And therefore it done fucked us up. Yeah. The only time it really does matter, I think is if you go into double, triple overtime, something like Bingo. that, something crazy Bingo. like that, then it matters. But if if you're looking at what the Pistons were doing at the end of the game, they had wide open shots too, and they're just not the team to make them when it matters. You know, the Suns, of course, used to be that. Now it's just like you sit there as a Suns fan, you're just waiting, you're relaxing, you're waiting until Da rolls and he's wide open for the for the alley oop, and you're waiting yes. for Chris Paul to be left alone with no one there. Oh, there's a jump shot. You're waiting for Jay Crowder and Shaman now, who are just draining these threes in clutch time. That you know, it's just it's predictable. It's really predictable with this team. It's predictable just like in the past where you would play these teams, like, oh, they're gonna make that shot, they're gonna make that shot. Oh, now the Suns are just making that shot mm-hmm. every, every freaking time. That's why. And if you were just to ask me, was I scared, of course, that the game was tied? Not really. No. I just I I because I wrote the recap and I wrote oh yeah, the that's 18, right. 18 game win streak. <laughs> you is, you got is, you got history, bro. His, yeah, it's history. And I and I wrote it right when the game started. I'm like, I just wrote it. I'm like, I'm not changing this. this the Suns are gonna win this game. You just know they're gonna win. It's so funny because we started this podcast in 2019, uh, after the Suns, I believe, had won 19 games the previous season. And you know, the reason behind us creating this podcast was uh we moved further apart and we used to watch a bunch of Suns games together and, and sit and talk about the games and yeah. once we moved apart we're like okay we can't talk about the games as much uh so let's kind of create a podcast and start talking about them and you know the, the front end of you and I doing this podcast in that 2019 and 20 season was uh, a very average team and obviously the pandemic hit the bubble began Last season happened when we go all the way to the finals. And, you know, we, we've got to experience that in podcast form with our Jamsters who are have been loyal listeners this entire time. And now we are here talking about another historic moment in the history of the Phoenix Suns with them winning 18 consecutive games. And it's just 
you know, you, you saw it was going to be against the Pistons. So, you know, you got those little butterflies and, and it gave you the confidence, you know, in your case to, yeah, you can write out kind of the intro of that, of that, uh, review on bright side, because I mean, you're playing the Pistons and, mm. And then the Suns came out and did what they did. I mean, you look how they played in the first half, and they shot 60.5% from the field in the first half. I mean, you go down the ledger, and it's three for seven from the field from Mikhail Bridges, uh, five for seven from DA, two from five from Chris Paul, seven for 11 from campaign. And we'll talk about him here in just a second. Five for six for uh, Cam Johnson, three for four for JaVale McGee, and like 0 for two for Crowder. But, I mean, Cameron Payne really brought the energy and set the tone in the first half of this game that you you you, you knew you were going to miss with Devin Booker. I mean, that's who Devin Booker has been over this winning streak is, this, is the tone setter. He's the guy who not only brings the energy but also brings the points. And that was Cameron Payne coming off the bench tonight in that first half. Again, 7 of 11 from the field for 15 points in the in the first half. Matthew, what were your thoughts on Cameron Payne's first half and ultimately how he played this evening? Oh, it was great. It was basically everything Alfred Payton wasn't doing. I mean, um, Cameron Payne was. He was getting to the rim. He was finishing like he does his best. He gets to the three-point line. He nails the threes. He hits the biggest threes. And still, we always mention it with his three-point shot, how I have confidence in him, but just the way he shoots the ball, it's kind of like, I don't know if this is actually going to go in. But he he hit some big threes. He hit the, the him and Mikhail Bridges getting to the rim, the, their length. Like mm-hmm. it's it's really under. I think even um, the the way he is paying, the way his his length is in his arms, getting the ball up and under guys, it's kind of underestimated a little bit. I think by the defense because he can do that. Of course, he gets blocked. He always used to have those games where he'll get blocked, and the players yep. saw it a lot. He start the game, get a blocked shot, and then from then on, he was cruising. Right now, he's finding different ways to get the ball around the defenders at the rim and in the paint. And getting the ball and getting the ball moved around to his play or to his teammates. So he he's doing everything that he's supposed to be doing. He's had some off games, but this is like the typical game where you want to see him play that well that early, where him and Cameron Johnson are just taking over 37 points combined from the two or 27 points combined from the two of them in the first half. Mm-hmm. You want them to do that because you're thinking, hey, let's get the rest, let's get these guys rested. But then, of course, it kind of just never ends up that way. But still, just that mindset of just going into the game, being like, let's just get these guys rest early and often this game to make sure that they are rested for tomorrow. We can take over and win it. But just that little boost, along with McGee, is all this team really needs to get that the first-team offense going, getting the rest of the guys going, except for <laughs> Cameron Payne, even Ish Rainwright. Ish Wainwright. When I said that, I can't even Ish say Rainwright. his name. Ish, <laughs> I can't Ish. even say his name. First real minutes early yeah. in the game for him, you know yeah. what a stud out there walking yeah. around. You know he he's he a, had zero points, stud, man. You know, but he was a he was a plus eight in the time that he played. So you know you, you can't argue with that. But kind of to your point on campaign, you know he ended with uh, uh, nineteen points. I mean it was a four point second half for him. But again he was a so a, a tone setter and he was yeah. doing some of the things that we've been talking about on the podcast in the past. Uh, but it was they were falling this time. And uh, Nikki Tan, one of our loyal listeners, going all the way back to when we were the Solar Report podcast and then the Suns Report podcast before we became the Suns Jam Session podcast. Uh, he reached out to us on Twitter. He says, campaign has got to play with more control in this game. The paint is packed with bodies that will level him without even trying. It's either he gets an open run or he takes an outside shot. It's painful to watch him clank in the paint. And, you know, then he asked us for our thoughts on that statement. So so what are your thoughts on that? Because I don't I feel like that was a half truth in this game, but it is something that we do see quite often from campaign. We do. But I think he just has 
just like any shot he takes on the floor from three from mid range, she has a green light. Anything he takes into the the paint, I guess he can draw the foul, but he's not really he has his games hit or miss to where he can get to the free throw line. Most of the time, it does look kind of. I, it looks kind of just all over the place. It looks kind of like the way Cameron Johnson is sometimes getting to the rim where it's just really, really like just, just a big mess down there. And he'll get the call sometimes, but mostly you see these games where he does get it going, where it is really effective. He gets mm-hmm. into that groove and he mm-hmm. knows where to hit off the, off the backboard, how to use a gentle touch on the rim, the little finger roll, finger roll, like things like that, where he'll get into the groove. So it's well worth it. I think all the attempts at the rim are well worth it. Sometimes they might look stupid, but that's the way he gets into the game. That's I think he needs that. He needs the aggression in there to get into his kind of game. Yeah, it, it, that's what sets the rhythm for campaign to make those outside shots, essentially. You know, I mean, you see some players who do kind of Chris Paul is a great example. He's a guy who kind of has this rhythm in his jump shot. And that's how he, he you know, essentially makes the shot campaign does the same thing. But his is like I'm going 100 miles an hour at the basket and trying to, you know, do an off, uh, off my left foot bank shot. But once a couple of those goes goes in, he feeds off the energy of the crowd and then he starts to hit the outside shot. You know, again, looking at this evening, uh, only one for one from deep in that first half. And, uh, you know, he finished the game. How, what did he shoot? He shoot at, yeah, one for one the whole game. I mean, so he was really focused on attacking in the paint, knowing that Devin Booker wasn't going to be in this mm-hmm. game. So uh, shout out to Coach Evan B in the chat. Uh, check him out. He's got the He's on Fire podcast, a great podcast to you know watch on YouTube and, and uh, consume his content. He says this is the longest win streak in NBA history for a team that was below 500 entering the win streak per ESPN. So obviously the Suns were one and three when this win streak began. They are now 19 and three. Uh, and and that one, you know, we go back to the Harrison Barnes buzzer beater. But, uh, you know, again, it's just great, great stat. Thank you for that, Evan. Uh, we really appreciate that. Lights, Cameron, action. Yeah, this was the Cam game, especially in that first half. As you mentioned, you know, Cam Johnson ended the, the night with 19 points, much akin to Cameron Payne. So combined for 38 points off of the bench from those two, sprinkling 10 points from JaVale McGee. And, you know, you have 48 points coming off your bench. But Cam Johnson, again, these are guys who have to step up in Devin Booker-less minutes, right? You have Cam Johnson who goes 7 for 11 from the field, 4 for 6 from deep. We finally had that super quality. I mean, we've had a lot of good Cameron Johnson three-point games, but tonight, Matthew, he was great from three. Yeah, he hit the when there was a tie game. Was it a tie game or one point when he hit the three in the corner to put them back up? Yes. There was a couple big threes in this game from him. But what I like the most is him and Mikhail Bridges, and then also when there's Aiton in there too. So they were talking about how Booker's out and Cameron Johnson's in the game, but really Shamit's in for Booker at that time. So he's always in there towards the end of the game. And I think that him and Bridges are really feeding off of each other very, very well. Mm-hmm. Him and I think DeAndre Aiton just – they have like this, I, I don't know if I said it before, like a triangle offense kind of thing where they'll they'll cut, they'll they'll keep moving out to the corner. Mikhail will cut. You saw it towards the end of the game where Mikhail will cut after Cameron Johnson goes to the corner, catches a pass from DeAndre, and then hits Mikhail. And then Mikhail just hits the jump shot. So they know they know each other's game so well now in clutch minutes that mm-hmm. it just seems kind of easy. Sometimes when you watch this, you're like, okay, Cam, like He's kind of like the guy, like he's kind of like a Sean Marion with the ball right now, right? Where he'll 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 dribble it down the court. Sometimes he'll lose it. He'll try to do too much in between his his uh, his dribbles in between the legs. Kind of seem like they're yeah. kind of junior highish, you know what I mean? Or just <laughs> it's like me doing it. it. Yeah, it's just like whoop whoop, and then he passes it. It's like one, two, okay, then pass. 
So it just always seems like it's not really professional in a way, but you always kind of like, ah, you know, pass the ball up Cam. But sometimes if he can gather himself like I am right now to slow down, just relax, stop yelling and stop speeding it up. You know, he, once he does that, then he has, he has guys cutting all over the place and he can hit them. They feed off each other very, very well. That's the one thing that I really notice and I want to keep seeing. So he'll obviously get those minutes. Don't Bingo. put him in the starting lineup. Just nope. just leave him out there. Come, have him come in off the bench because he's in a sweet spot right now. I really think so. No, I, agreed. Uh, Brandon Buford in the chat says, how do you like them nachos, Charles Barkley? It's so funny. If you watch the halftime show on, on Tuesday when we played the Warriors, uh, Kenny actually brought Charles some nachos. And and uh, Charles's response were the nachos in Phoenix are tasting great right now. So, uh, but no, it was I, I like what you said about the cutting because that's one thing that I've noticed recently, and it was really uh, effective today. Is you're seeing a lot of both Cam and Mikhail cutting a lot more, and I think that that's a big part of the evolution of this team. Is something that's very you know, mid 2010s warriors esque that made them successful. They never stopped moving. When you had Steph and clay out there constantly moving, it's hard on defenders and it might not necessarily pay off in the first three quarters, but by the fourth quarter, you're getting wide open shots or you're getting defenses that are trying to adjust to those wide open shots, which lead to other wide open guys. uh, uh, Couple that with the fact that, Cam Johnson and Mikhail Bridges, who ended the night with 18 points, uh, eight of 14 from the field and two of four from deep. Couple that with the fact that they're knocking down their shots. This team becomes unguardable. They become lethal. And it's something that we've seen continually throughout this winning streak, you know, is again, the different ways that the Suns can beat you. And tonight against the Detroit Pistons, that's one of the ways that they decided to beat you was knowing that you're, you don't have Devin Booker, Knowing that it was a close game at the back end, you know it, it did hit the clutch the the clutch time minutes with about two forty three left in the game. Uh, yeah, that Cameron Johnson and Mikhail Bridges. That's when they really went to high gear of like, listen, we're going to just cut across, and if we open up something for ourselves, great. If not, we are open up something behind us. There'll be a void behind us, and a couple of those voids led to Mikhail Bridges getting to the mid range and hitting a couple soft, uh, you know, jump shots that. You know, like I don't have the stats in front of me, but I know that in clutch time again tonight, it felt like every basket once again was dropping for the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, and that stat they threw up, I think it was NBA.com or something, where the Suns have like five of the, the top six players in clutch time right now. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. For plus and minus, it's insane. Chris Paul is a plus 46 in the clutch before tonight, and it was, I think, six points. So he should be a plus <laughs> 52. Do you think those two turnovers he had towards the end? I think it was before the five minute mark. He had two turnovers. Do you think that's on purpose? And and, and the key here to make it harder. (laughs) No. Well, but but the key here is it wasn't clutch time minutes until two forty three because it was outside Mm -hmm. of the five points. It has to be both five points and five minutes. Okay. And those those turnovers happened with you know the Suns were up by six, the Suns were up by eight. Those turnovers ultimately let them into the game to get it to clutch time minutes. But it wasn't clutch time minutes once you hit five minutes. It was clutch time at about two forty three once they cut it to five. And from there, the Phoenix Suns outscored them. I think it was ten to ten to four to end the game. Uh, but again, yeah, I, I don't think that Chris Paul was out there doing that in attempt to make his life <laughs> a little bit harder. But you know yeah. what? When you get a win streak like this, now stay humble, stay humble. Watch.
the man dude deandre ayton gotta love him another performance tonight uh his final box score he ended with a total of 17 points and 12 rebounds only one on the offensive end seven for 11 from the field matthew what'd you see from big da tonight well 13 and 9 in the first half from da so he Mm. finished 17 and 12 so all first half but that's where when he got his 11th point is really really noticed his his shots and the selection he's 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 gathering the ball really quickly so either if it's a chris paul pass or off a rebound which only had the one offensive rebound but he he gathers the ball in so quickly and goes straight to a move so there was that one where he got his 11th point when chris paul it was a short little pass and it was the top of the paint and I mean, he quickly gathered it, did this quick little turnaround, which I've never seen. He's done the turnarounds, mm-hmm. but this one was just super awkward. But it seemed like he was in such a groove with it where he didn't even think about it. He just is like, I'm going to get it, turn around. And I just I have this going for me right now during the season to where these these are going to drop for me. He's he's not thinking anything too much. He He's not getting so sticky with the ball everything is just pretty much oh gather up gather up gather up you know what i mean because we used mm-hmm. to talk about stop putting the ball down da stop yes. putting the ball down yes when's, the last, time we, what's, when's the last time we said that that's a when's, great point man i mean we we don't say that anymore with them, yeah man. i mean that was what, what i noticed especially in the last game against the warriors and you saw it bleed over tonight is the pace in which da plays is how, yes, when he gets the ball and he recognizes where he's at, like his spatial awareness on the court is continuing to get better and better because there's times where he does bring the ball down, but he knows when once he gets the ball that he's got the time to do so and that there's no defenders around him outside of the defender who's on him. So he can either bring the the ball down, hesitate, do a dribble, and then go into his move, or if he's catching in the paint, He's, he's keeping it up, turning quick, and going in. And that's what we always had the issue with with DA. was like, listen, in those situations where you're clogged in the paint, and let's face it, there's clogging in the paint because DA has a high gravity. The opposition knows that they need to be around him because if you get if you clog him and he brings it down quickly, you can swat at it. And that was an issue we'd always have with him. It's like, dude, stop trying to gather and go. Just catch and flow. And that's exactly actually. Mm-hmm. Exactly what he's been doing is is catching floating. Now, again, you know, you could have the same narrative that you've had uh, in the past. As you mentioned, he had 13 points and nine rebounds in the first half. Uh, he ended with the 18 and uh, 11, I believe it was. Was that what I was that what I done said? Yeah. Yeah. 17, 18, 11, 12, 18, 18 and what am I looking at? Yeah, 17 and 12. So you could have the same narrative. It's like, well, why aren't they feeding him in the second half? Why are they? Why aren't they feeding him in the second half? We just want a game by 11. So I'm going to trust that Monty Williams has a game plan to keep other players engaged. Uh, obviously, there was the big run that happened in the third quarter in which the Detroit Pistons kind of laid it on the Phoenix Suns. And D.A. wasn't out there when that happened. I mean, he came in at the back end of it and kind of stopped the bleeding. But that's just what kind of happens. But I think that, you know, again, D.A. is doing exactly what we need him to do as a big man. And he's showing his athleticism, his shot deterrent, uh, his ability to hit jumpers, his ability to be quicker and make better decisions with the ball, right? Yeah, and there's also one time during the game where uh, Da did. I think he missed an alley oop, or no, it was it was off. But he gathered it and laid it in, and he just made some comment to Chris Paul walking back to the timeout. And Chris Paul turns around, he just gives him like, "Yeah, what are you talking? All right, yeah, whatever." <laughs> like you know, that's just Chris Paul during the game. You know what I mean? It's just like, "All right, I'll tell you what to do. Don't tell me that was, that pass was off. All right, it was fine." It's like a little brother thing. Like, yeah, listen, I don't need you to tell me what's going on, little brother, because I I know what's going on, little brother. So you know, let's go. Leave me alone. <laughs> 
But so in, interesting question or uh, uh, Mega Giants 89. He, he's talking to Crazy Luigi, who's another one of our jamsters who's watching along live. He says yeah. 2006 slash seven sons versus 2001 slash 22 sons. Now, obviously, the 2006 and slash seven sons won 15 in a row at one point and won 17 in a row at one point. Uh, and now the Phoenix Suns of this year have the longest winning streak in Phoenix Suns history. If in some weird bubble, maybe in Orlando, you could put these two teams together playing each other and you put them in a seven game series, Matthew, who would you pick to actually win that? Well, the team you trust. And that's this year's team, right? I mean, went to the finals last year. That 2006-7 team, that was coming back off of the year. Um, a lot of success, but still you couldn't trust them with defense. And then it was just like, I don't know if I still trust this team. A lot of winning during the season, and they never picked to win anything in the playoffs, which was always true. This team, the Suns right now, you trust them. You trust them on all cylinders. They play defense. They play offense. They're so they're mixed so well roster-wise mm-hmm. that it's they were comparing them side by side. And the comparisons were just so weird because it's just like hit or miss, hit or miss. I mean, I get like the Aiton and Amari one a little bit and like the leader Steve Nash and Chris Paul, but everything else is just on our side right now. This year, it's better. It's, it's much better. It's younger. It's better. It's going to be here for a lo- much longer. But yeah, head to head, I'm picking this this Suns team for sure. Isn't isn't that crazy to think about though? Because obviously the, the 06, 07 Suns, the 04, 05 Suns, which actually have the, the best start in Phoenix Suns history, and we're just keeping pace with them right now because at this point, 22 games into the season, they were also 19 and three. Uh, it's crazy yeah. to think that those legendary teams, you know, we can sit here and, and you could say recency bias or not, but I'll tell you this. I'm a basketball fan. I've watched basketball for a long, long time going all the way back to the eighties. Uh, yes, I'm 39 and I remember basketball in 1988. So uh, this team to me is a complete package. Now what's interesting is if you looked at the, at the advanced stats of this current team, not including tonight, but what's available currently as we record this podcast on Thursday evening uh, on NBA advanced stats, you look at their stats versus the 2006 seven team. When it comes to net rating, they're both exactly 7.4 plus seven, four. So mm. this team's uh, got an offensive rating of one eleven and defensive rating of one Oh three point six, which is second best in the league. The Phoenix Suns of of 06, 07, uh, they had a 112.9 offensive rating and a 105.5 defensive rating, uh, which it was what fifth in the league back then. So, uh, you know, very similar kind of they could beat you a lot of different ways. Here's why this team would win in a seven game series. It, it, it's easy because Dan Tony used to fucking play seven players. And by the end of a series, they would have been tired from the defensive pestering of this team squad and we would have won. So if it goes to seven games, which I don't think it would, I think you go to six games and this team would have won. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, but it, is Nate, is Nader healthy or not in that series? <laughs> I, that's what I want to know. Is Monty going to play Nader? <laughs> it's a valid question. You know, I really think that, you know, the, the not playing uh, Abdul Nader, even with Devin Booker out tonight is something that should be commended to you there. Um, now, granted, he's he's got an injury on his right knee, and we want Abdel Nader obviously to be fine. But yeah. uh, I'm I'm fine with any moments that he's not out there on the court. Uh, you know the the Detroit Pistons. I want to talk about them a little bit. One, what do you think of those red jerseys? Look good. Yeah, um, they were they were showing some camera angles underneath the basket, and I kept thinking that it was the Bucks. I was like, why are they showing <laughs> stuff in the finals? Because it just it reminded me of the Bucks a little bit. The the tint to the the camera lens it looked like it but um yeah i love them dude i love what detroit does with their jerseys usually yeah i I thought it was a a solid looking uniform so you know props to them 
Um, Cade Cunningham looked really nice at, yeah. during during spurts today. You know, he's a rookie, so that's understandable. Uh, 19 points in the game, 8 for 15 from the field. But obviously, it was the third quarter where he really was shining. He was 5 for 6 from the field in that third, had 12 points, and was the catalyst that led this team back. And, you know, I really enjoyed watching him play. The guy who I was super disappointed in was Killian Hayes on this team. I just I wasn't impressed in any way, shape, yeah. or form. And and he's somebody who we were both pretty high on coming into the draft. We were hoping that the Phoenix Suns would take, you know, if he fell to the Phoenix Suns, we would have taken him instead of Jalen Smith, who we ultimately took. Uh, but what you what do you think of some of the guys on this team, including uh Jeremy Grant, who ended with 34 points, uh 10 and 19 from the field? Well, Jeremy Grant's just a bucket. And EJ was talking about before the game, it's like, why would you want to go to the Pistons to get more minutes? Are you happy now? And obviously I don't think he is. That's he's not getting all the points, none of the wins. He is, and he's going to get all the points. Um, Killian Hayes, though, to me, seems a little bit more selfish of a player than I thought he would be. He looked like he was looking for the three more than anything else. And that would drive me nuts, because I thought he was more of a playmaker coming into the NBA than a shot maker. So that's what sucks. But Isaiah Stewart, and <laughs> he he's the one that wanted to fight LeBron, right? Yes, is that the guy? yes. Yes, well, that's why he like, has that like cut under his eye. Yes, like, yeah. And and it's he's playing it like Lisa him and ish wainwright i just it was funny because i was like oh is this gonna actually get some real minutes tonight because ish, ish wainwright just walking around like a freaking stud dude like taking on uh i i just thought it was well he's, I thought he, it was that ish has that funny. ish has that like really wide almost like amari stonemeyer obi toppin-esque kind of shoulder base he does yeah he so does. when he walks like he looks like a hard ass and he looks like he wants to whoop some but he ass. has yeah he's like <laughs> He just has a, a cool, funny look to him, man. Like, it's just like a joke to him almost. But I love watching <laughs> him out there tonight. <laughs> yeah, Jeremy Grant, you know, as, as you mentioned, he's a bucket. He is somebody who has uh, phenomenal ability when it comes to scoring the basket. But as we mentioned on the last pod while we were previewing this game, if he's your number one scorer, you're not going to be a winning team just because, you know, he is somebody who needs to be kind of a holistic player. He can play really good defense, but when you're so focused on scoring all that, he's not that superstar. He's not the guy who can do both. So you're going to either get a really good offensive performance or a really good defensive performance, and there's just not enough other scores on this team to allow yeah. them to allow him to be that defensive player. So, uh, But I'd like to thank the Pistons for losing tonight and allowing the Suns to get to uh, 18 wins. I'll tell you who I'm not going to uh, give oh, no. thanks to tonight. You ready for this? little little pissed off, John. Yeah. Uh, fuck Bally Sports. How about that one? Oh, I'm just gonna yeah, throw that. So, oh, yeah, so, the app or what? So I have the app, and I have it through my computer. I'm on the road. I'm not in Phoenix. Yeah. I'm not in the market. So I get off of work tonight. I'm like, all right, sweet. Like I forget that the game starts at six o'clock Pacific time because that's what I'm at. So like my, I've got the Apple Watch. Got that for the birthday. Thank you to my mm -hmm. wife and all my notifications are going off because when I get a Twitter notification, it hits my hits my watch. So if you want to hit me up at Darth Voider right now, it'll it'll and I'm, I'm seeing the notifications like, oh, shit, the game started. I forgot I'm an hour behind. So I got out after, you know, like 45 minutes. So I missed probably the first the, the majority of the first half. Uh, I get to my I get to my uh, hotel room and I, I turn on the app and it's like due to something or other, uh, you, you can't watch this game. Go to help.ballysports.com for assistance. Uh -huh, yeah. I'm like, am I not going to be able to see like one of the most historic games in Phoenix Suns history? <laughs> it's a bunch of crap. So I log onto my computer, get the same fucking message there. And then I 
I was like, you know what? I know how to stream games that might not be the most legal way, but I'm going there because I'm seeing this game, and that's how I got to watch this game. So that's just my little rant on Bally Sports. Uh, fix your app, bros. Fix your app. Because I yeah. know that how many how, how many of our jamsters are out there trying to watch these games and they run into these issues all the time. It's a bunch of bullshit. I saw it on Twitter too from Paul from uh, Fan of the Flames mm-hmm. was talking about something too. It, it, it is a little bit of a cheesy app. I mean, on my TV it looks it works fine, but that's yeah. as much as I'll go into it. It gets well, the job done for me. I like what uh, Icom. I, I'm sorry, Icon Icon. Oh my God, Icon De Parfum says in our chat. Says Bally is the nader of sports channels. Yeah, let's go. Tries too hard and misses the layups. <laughs> misses misses the easy stuff. Oh man, um, I did want to talk kind of holistically just about how this team and this roster stepped up tonight. Outside of Jay Crowder, who scored five points, uh, and Alfred Payton and Ish Wainwright, who I mean, Alfred Payton got the almost ten minutes of playing time, didn't score any yeah. points, uh, but everybody else had double figures. And again, it just goes to show you. The power of this team, the resolve of this team, the ability to pick each other up when other people aren't there, a la your superstar Devin Booker. I mean, it, this just is one of the best basketball teams I've ever fucking seen. Yeah, me too. And the main reason is because you come out in this game after beating the Warriors, and it's not a letdown. I know the 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 Pistons came back and they tied it up, but just the way you start the game, you go up by 18 points into halftime. McGee's yelling. Like the energy they have off the bench, it's just, it's insane how you can carry that over from such a high intensity game, which is one of the most watched games in the last three years against the Warriors. Then you, you proved a point, and it's like, okay, we're going to play the Pistons, let down. No, that's not this, the way this team is. That's the biggest thing, I think, for me. And it's just every player on there. You have Coach Book now on the sideline, just, <laughs> yeah. you know, always telling people what to do, always looking at them, barking orders. So it's just it's a nonstop thing for this team. No one really gives up, and I don't think they have really an inch to give up in the West. So it's it's a good thing that they play this way. Yeah, I mean they're just so competitive, and you know you you hope that obviously that we see this fire continue. We're going to talk here momentarily about the Warriors game that's coming up tomorrow night, but uh, you know just a, a a fantastic game again, eighteen in a row for the Phoenix Suns. Uh, dare I say, Matthew? Let's go. Let's go. Jam star of the game. All right, Jamsters. If you're watching along live on YouTube, this is your opportunity to let us know in the chat who your jam star of the game is. And if you're listening along, you probably already know who it is and you've already said it out loud to whoever you're sitting next to on an airplane flying back to Phoenix. So, Matthew, who are you going to give the jam star of the game too. Every time we do this, I have to pull up the box score and look at the names. I'm just like, which one was it that stuck out to me? Because I just don't know it's, ever going well, into just, this. It's so I really tough. don't. It is I, tough. I'll go first know. here. You go first. You know, yeah. obviously Cameron Payne's getting a lot of pe- a lot of love in the chat. You know, mm-hmm. uh, we got we got. Let's see here. You guys are typing so fast. It's just so hard to keep up. Uh, Carlos Johnson campaign. Uh, Mega Giants eighty nine campaign. Uh, Cam Johnson from Icon to Parfum. Uh, Walter Lazo likes DeAndre Ayton. Ish Wainwright for Fabio. The Cams from Scott Klaus. Uh, Cam Bloody Grill Pain. Yeah, Cam Pain took a shot in the face. That that didn't look like it was fun. Uh, Cam Jam from Metal Mike. Pain, CP, Cam Johnson. You know, part of me really wants to give this to uh, CP3 
We haven't talked about him nearly enough tonight. 12 points, 12 assists, four for seven from the field. Uh, and, and again, when the Detroit Pistons got the game back to within reach, it was CP3 who just once again, just I'm going to be in control and you guys are all on a string and I'm the puppeteer and I'm going to put the ball where I want it to. And the best play of the game, in my opinion, is where he took it down in a fast break, kind of slowed it down. And the defenders all ran to people and he was just standing there wide open for a 17 footer. And he's just like, fuck it. And he just drained it. So I, a big part of me wants to give it to CP three, but I, I've said my piece, I'm going to give it to the cams because I think that the, the pace that they set uh, at the beginning of this game, knowing that Devin Booker's out. And then of course, cam Cameron Johnson, what he did not last two minutes and 43 seconds was just fantastic. Yeah, someone even said Landry Shammy. He hit some big threes tonight yeah, too. So yeah, you know what? I think I think he deserves a drop tonight, doesn't he? Yeah. Let's let's do it. All I can say is Sham. Wow. Yeah, fourteen points, four of eight from deep, and starting in Devin Booker's stead. That that that's a good one. Yeah, it's very good. Um, the the threes he was making though, where he was just standing still. EJ pointed it out too. It's like just stand there. They'll hit you with the with the pass. It'll be perfect, and you just launch it from there. That's where he was hitting them. He always had a a thing of going to the corner, like it was a the old fadeaway Booker shot to yes. to win the game. That's the way Shamit was shooting threes. So it's like chill out on those. I don't think he made one of those this year, mm. and just sit there and wait. Like get to your spot. They'll hit you, and that's where he made it. And then. Um, but for my jam star, I wanted to give it to CP3 um, just because I think, like you said, the defense can't do anything with them. If you're a Pistons fan tonight and Chris Paul is bringing the ball up kind of like a LeBron, it's like, what do you do to stop this guy? There's really nothing. I mean, of course, he can't drive to the rim and get any shot off, but he'll find somebody. He was whipping that ball around from side to side anywhere. Like He was finding everybody, whether or not the ball went in. It was up to those players because those shots were there. So Chris Paul for me was Jamstar, but yeah, go ahead with the Shamit. I already dropped the. I already, I already dropped it. Go ahead and drop it. I already did. Okay, let's move. Oh, on. Okay. All I can say is Sham. Wow. Deserves two. <laughs> he gets two. He gets two of them. It's so good. Uh, we have somebody in the chat who asked, "Where can I get Matthew's background?" And I'm actually, I just hit enter in the chat. Uh, that is a. Link that will take you to Craig A. Hamill's Redbubble page. Uh, you can get that on all kinds of stuff, whether you want on shirts, posters, uh, coffee cups, clocks, all kinds of stuff Redbubble does. Uh, Craig A. Hamill, shout out to him. He does a fantastic job relative to Phoenix Suns artwork, and all of his stuff is available on Redbubble. And you can check out the Suns Jam Session Redbubble page there, too. We got a bunch of stuff there. So, uh, you know, obviously we have the, the, the next game that's right around the corner is tomorrow night. Uh, we are playing the Warriors once again, and this is this is uh, it's a big one. It's an 8 p.m. start in Arizona on TNT. That's correct, right? It's on TNT again, or, or it's ESPN. Yeah. yeah, they moved the Lakers. The Lakers, they said, get that f- out of here. Yeah, nobody get wants out of here, Lakers. Some fucking Lakers. Get out of here. Fucking. And then they put the Suns in eight o'clock. And is that ESPN or TNT? Uh, TN or ESPN. ESPN, fantastic. Yeah. So huge game. Not it doesn't carry as much weight as the one on Tuesday, in my opinion, Matthew. And correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, just because you know we were going for that 17th win against the Warriors, uh, that would that tied the record at the time. This one now we have the record. Like, is this a must win for Phoenix, or or how how do you look at this game, knowing that didn't they didn't they did they activate Clay Thompson 
for this I game? I saw something on Twitter saying, uh, you know, one word, Clay Thompson, right? So I, he must be coming back. I'm yeah, not let, for sure. Though. Yeah, let, let us know in the chat, Jamsters, because I, I, I've been working all day, and I heard that they brought uh, him and, and I want to say, God, somebody else is coming off the injured list just for this game. Shout out to Ryan Cross real quick, 499 in the Super Chat. He says, you guys are great. Go Suns. We appreciate that, Ryan. We really do. Uh, getting oh, Matt, Matthew, that right. Cam Johnson jersey is going to be going to be a priority this <laughs> priority this christmas if we can get it if you can ever buy a valley jersey anywhere uh interesting how the suns wore Jav- valley jerseys twice in a row huh yeah a little lazy huh you know it's such a big game against the golden state warriors they were against the pistons i think it's just all they had right they forgot to do their laundry or something <laughs> yeah they're like oh shit like, so yeah hey dot zero says igadala so it looks like okay. or is it lee it, i don't think he, regardless I don't think back. regardless of who it is there are going to be more players available for the uh for the Golden State Warriors, the Phoenix Suns will be without Devin Booker. And it's a big game for the Warriors. I, I I feel, Matthew, that's a bigger game for the Warriors than it is the Suns now, right? Yeah, this is kind of like a fun game. You, you got your, your franchise record win streak. You're going back up against the Warriors. If you win this game, then it does mean a lot. Because if you were watching ESPN, which I wasn't, but I saw little clips here and there. It, this game means something. Bill Simmons says this game did mean something. The streak maybe didn't, but then once you beat the Warriors and get 17, it means something. Right now, it doesn't, but if you do win, it kind of does, right? It kind of means like, okay, we can beat them two games, or two out of three games. Uh, well, for the Suns, two out of three games, but mm-hmm. back-to-back games against the Warriors, that's huge. That's that's big, because this is going to be one of the teams you're going to face in the playoffs you know, in a while, and it's still early early in the season, but this is when the game starts to kind of matter a little bit more and more and more to see where you are up against these guys, and I'm just going to enjoy this one. If the Suns lose, they lose. If they win, which they're probably going to win, because I don't think they're ever going to lose again, then it's <laughs> going to be even greater, greater than the first one, I think. Yeah, it's... I don't feel it has nearly as much urgency for the Suns now. Uh, obviously, you're on the road. Second night of back-to-back, we discussed that at the top end of the pod. Not the biggest concern for me. Uh, it's Damian yeah. Lee who's coming back. Damian Lee. Uh, I still don't think they have Wiseman. I still don't think they have Clay Thompson. So the Suns are still going to have the ability to score on in the interior with both JaVale McGee and DeAndre Ayton. Uh, obviously, the Warriors are going to make some adjustments. You know, Based on what they saw on Tuesday, this is a team that, is the second best team in the NBA and they have pride and they're going to be at home. They're going to have that crowd behind them. And you best believe that Steph Curry is going to look to get in a groove early because once he does, he becomes lights out. There's going to be a guy standing his way. And that is defensive player of the year. Candidate Mikhail Bridges, who got a lot of love. Uh, I was happy to see from, you know, the, the clips I saw some of the national media outlets. Uh, who was who was I watching literally on the elevator ride down to my Dray, car today? Draymond was talking about it too. I, Draymond, I, what, what'd he say? He he likes Mikhail. He just said the Suns defensively as a whole is really good. And yeah, if you when I was watching the game, I didn't I noticed Mikhail, of course, doing a great job pushing him spots and stuff, but I thought it was a good team effort, really oh, against without Steph. a doubt. It, it has to be. You can't just have one guy no. against Steph. Well, so again, he was basically saying the team as a whole. That, that was really that was my big thing. My observation of the last game was they were trying to switch Curry uh, off or Mikhail off of Curry, and yeah. they were getting Cam Johnson, and Cam Johnson was doing a great job shutting him down. And Da had a possession or two where he shut down Curry. So I mean, it was a good team effort. Uh, who just said this in the chat? Uh, Crazy Luigi said in the chat, he said, it would be incredible if Bridges shuts down Curry again. Yes, that would be fantastic. And yeah. I do like that a lot of the, the national media... God, who, who's the guy who annoys the shit out of me? Stephen A? 
All right. White version of Stephen A. Oh, Skip Bayless? Nope. Okay, not that bad. Max Kellerman? Max, no, not Max Kellerman. No. Uh, the last guy, the last guy. Colin Cowherd? Colin Cowherd. I was watching him today, and, and he was trashing the Lakers. He's like, the Suns are it for the next five years. The Lakers aren't. And now, obviously, yeah, you know, those, those kind of uh, yeah. takes are just that. They're takes. They're meant to give the Suns fans a little love, but to really just piss off the Los Angeles Laker fans, you know, <laughs> yeah, um, more but, of that. At, but at the same time, it's just, it's, it's nice to hear people giving props to the Suns for their defense. Cause everybody was, you know, just falling all over themselves when they're talking about yeah. the Warriors and the defense that they play, how they shut people down. It's like Phoenix is on this, on this long win streak and, you know, like, yeah, well, you know, they're kind of, they're kind of playing some bad teams, so it doesn't really matter. It's like, no, no, no. Like, we know. We watch these teams. We know exactly who this team is. They, they know who they are in the last five minutes, and they play defense all, you know, for the majority of the game. So, you know, it's it's going to be an interesting game. I, I'm unbelievably excited to watch this one. Unfortunately, I won't be able to because I'm literally going to be on a flight pretty much once it tips off. I think my flight leaves at 7.33, which is 8.33 Arizona time, and I will land, like, right at the end of the game. I'm pissed. I'm hoping they have TVs on the flight. Sometimes they do, and I can just, like, boop-be-doop-boop. Boop, and... uh and watch this game. So, but I'll definitely join you for the podcast afterwards. Um, but, but <laughs> did, you blow me, did you blow me a kiss? Yeah, I want you here. I want no. you here with me in the well, jamster. Well, trust me, I want to be there, man, but I got to get home, man. I got to be, I got to get Christmas. Home. Uh, Scott Klaus, yeah, Scott Klaus is all, I oh, shit, I may be working Christmas. Um, he says, I'll be there for you in person. I guess he's going to be up in Golden State. So that's going to be very fan- cool. Yeah, that's going to be great. So you're predicting a win for this one. Yeah, I mean, why not? We can't just do a loss, right? That would be the dumbest thing ever. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I think I, I think that the Suns win this one as well. I really think that uh, the defense is going to step up. You know, you're not going to have Jordan Poole do what he did and, and Otto Porter do what he did. And granted, that might be replaced by yeah. uh, uh, Steph Curry, but you know what? It's replaced. It's not in addition to. So... Um. Yeah, I, I think we both are going to yeah. give the nod to the Phoenix Suns in winning this game. So let's, let's see. What else do I want to do? Let's go. Let's go. Jamsters react. Jamsters react. Again, if you are an elite <laughs> jamster, we go ahead and we put uh, kind of some questions out there and says, hey, what do you what do you want to talk about on the podcast? And the Elite Jamsters responded. And so we're going to bring up a topic for us to discuss just ever so briefly. Uh, Long John Silver 85, one of our Elite Jamsters says, I've moved on from Thaddeus Young. What do you think about trading Nader and Sticks to get court Tory Craig back? I think that's the real missing piece. So, Matthew, I'll let you yeah. start off with this one. That's a good name because that's a name that keeps coming up over and over again. And if you're going to replace him for Sticks and Nader, of course, that's a win. You want him back. He's like the one name that left, too. It's like, why did he leave? We want him back because what he did in the finals, everything. So he's the only name really that makes sense. As long as you're not giving up anything, it's fine. But, I mean, the way this team is, I mean, you could use those minutes, though, too. You never know. More injuries down the line. You can use some Tory Craig. He's more effective than those two guys combined. So... I'm all for it, John. God, it would be fantastic if we get Torrey Craig back. Uh, you know, he signed a two-year, $10 million contract with the Indiana Pacers, so he's $5 million a year. So, I mean, you could you you could trade uh, uh, Jalen Smith for him straight up. 
you want him not yeah. make the trade happen, include Nader. They'd be like, fuck, no, we don't want this guy. Uh, you look at what he's doing in Indiana so far this year. Uh, 24 games. He's played in all games for the Indiana Pacers coming off the bench. He's averaging 5.6 points, but, you know, he's a bench player in limited minutes. So you take that and you put it with his per 36. And he's, he's 12.5 in the, in the per 36 and 7.6 rebounds. Uh, only shooting 28% from three, which is easily his worst of his career. That's something that the Pacers probably, you know, he's a three and D guy and he's not hitting the three right now. So you might have the opportunity, you know, when, the, when, when you're allowed to do so to, to maybe kick the tires on a trade like that. I think it just comes down to is the, uh, or are the Indiana Pacers as interested in a, acquiring Jalen Smith and or Abdel Nader for Tory Craig, I just don't see what's necessarily in it for them. You know what I mean? No, nothing. It's probably never going to happen. Sorry. Yeah. So, but it'd be nice. And again, thank you, uh, Buck Dog. Who was that? Long John Silver eighty five. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank, thank Yeah, sure. Buck Dog. Thank <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for bringing that up. Uh, and again, if you want to have your questions answered right here on the pod, go ahead. Become an elite jamster. Hit the join button or follow the link in the chat. Thoughts. Um, brains. So Matthew, you you brought. <laughs> I love our drops. I don't know. They're just for me. They make me laugh. Um, so you brought it up a little bit earlier. I just wanted to touch on this briefly. Uh, we did have a historic night in more ways than one tonight. The Phoenix Suns obviously have set a franchise record with 18 consecutive wins. You also had a team lose by a total of 73 points. That is an all-time NBA ass-kicking. The Memphis Grizzlies defeated the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder by a score of 152 to 79. They beat them by 73, and this is clearly it's in regulation, that 152 points. Uh, but the Grizzlies scored 31 in the first quarter, 41 in the second, 41 in the third, and 39 in the fourth, Matthew. Uh, just kind of give me your thoughts on what the fuck happened in Memphis tonight. <laughs> oh, man, this, this, this is my thoughts right here. Just just laughing. Like I, my friend Sam, who is an OKC fan, That's right. texted me a screenshot. He's like, look at this score. So 70 points and, and there was 10 minutes left in the game i'm like let's make it 100 let's go to 100 <laughs> like it was possible he's like yeah it's more possible than probably breaking it down to 50 so 73 points is awesome i, I want to see 100 next time <laughs> it's just fun when your team is so good and then your friend's team is just i love watching okc but you know they're gonna have really bad games and when he when he sends me that I just was crying, laughing, man. And I'm just enjoying writing the uh, recap while the Suns are just, you know, whacked yeah. in the first half. Well, I mean, I mean, this was a pure and utter waxing that the, the Thunder yeah. received. And th this moves them to 6-16 six and 16 on the year. Here are their six wins. You ready for this? They beat the Spurs, <laughs> the Pelicans, the Kings, the Rockets, and the Lakers twice. So that just lets you know <laughs> how the Lakers are, man. <laughs> So just real quick, I'm just yes, going to go over the, the box score for people. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. led all scorers with 27. So that 152 that Memphis scored, it's not like it was led by like Kobe's 80 points. It was 27 points from Jaron Jackson Jr. They had 11 from Dylan Brooks, 9 from Steven Adams. Uh, they had 10 from uh, Tyus Jones. They had 2 from Desmond Bain. That's their starters. Their bench. Jared Culver, remember that guy? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he had he yeah. had eleven points. Absolutely. DeAndre Melton had nineteen. Uh, John 
Conchar, I don't even know who that is. He had 17. Uh, you had Xavier Tillman had 11. Uh, Killian Tilly had six. You had Santi Aldama. He had 11, uh, 18, and then Brandon Clark had 11. So it was just like a consistent just ass-kicking that they put out there on Oklahoma City Thunder. They shot 62% of the field. They, they went 60 for 96. It's just, damn. <laughs> And it's not even, I don't hate them at all. It's just, no. it's funny. It's funny because everyone knows like OKC is just, they don't care right now. So they're just letting these guys develop. And I'm surprised the Suns didn't have that record. So, in the yeah, because I know we've gotten our ass kicked a couple times. So, <laughs> yes. um, well, we got about five minutes left, Matthew, and we don't have anything else do to talk about, do we? Childhood trauma. Childhood trauma. So this is the part of the podcast where all the people who aren't, uh, who don't give a shit, just leave. Um, but it's the back end of the podcast, so we'll talk about a little childhood trauma. What, what kind of story should we share today, Matthew? What do you want to talk about? <laughs> I don't. I'm trying to. I, I try to think of stories, and I always go straight to uh, taking a deuce. I don't. I think when I was little, I did that a lot everywhere or something. <laughs> just a serial shitter everywhere. Um. You know what? I'll bring up your wife in one. Uh, okay for shannon oh, um no. so is this the booger wall no oh, you know what <laughs> that'll be a good one that could the be, booger good, wall yeah. will be epic i could just i'll throw out the booger wall just since you brought it up because i'll okay. probably forget about it this so one's nasty wall, jamsters hold on to your seats i mean it's very quick basically the, <laughs> the booger wall was uh <laughs> i can't get this out so the booger wall was obviously oh, a wall next to uh <laughs> I don't know why we're saying this stuff next to our bed in our old 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 room like two years ago no i'm just kidding when we were like super, when we we're super little and it was where people would just wipe their stuff on and my sister uh shannon and my sister christy they used to give give us a butter knife to just go and clean the wall off and it was just plaster with boogers the booger wall get the boogers off with the <laughs> the butter so, knife. So, so essentially, what happens is it, there's a bedroom in the house where your sisters would sit there and just flick shit against the wall after they took it out of the orifices of their body, and then they'd hand you a butter knife and you'd have to clean it because you I were the young, it com- young. It was brother. combined from everybody, and I, I, I remember gross. being, yeah, it was nasty. <laughs> and I'm sorry, Jamsters, because these stories they should be more physical and just you know people getting beat up or something like maybe something nah. like that. But it's just a bunch of stuff it's that just, comes out of your body. Well, it's just, you know, it's gr- growing up, we all had like gross shit going on and around the house. I mean, kids are gross to begin with. They're mm. slimy and, and such and snot. And, you know, I guess I'll we're talking about boogers, so I guess I'll go down that route. So when oh I was God. in we lost everybody. Yeah, everybody's gone. <laughs> well, you know what? This is all Peace part out. of. Yeah. Nicholas Blanket stand. Peace out. He's gone. He's like, I don't want to hear this shit anymore. So when I was in uh, kindergarten, I remember. I used to always get runny noses, right? And what I would do is I'd do this one like that, right? Like instead of blowing my nose, I'd be in class and I would just like wipe it on my hand and my arm and stuff. And what would happen is I would literally get like a brown nose because there'd be like crusty snot burgers on the tip of my nose and I wouldn't know. And like, again, little kids would laugh at me. If you notice on a lot of these childhood traumas, it's all my childhood stories are other kids just <clears throat> laughing at me and i was just i guess i was just a clown of sorts and i would always have this little brown crusty nose and my dad used to make fun <laughs> of me you know because he used to always call me a brown noser and my dad used to always said that he's like john you're a con artist and you're gonna end up with uh, in prison 
He told me that from the moment I was like a little kid and Merle Haggard has a song and he goes, I turned 21 in prison doing life without parole. And my dad said that song was going to be about me. And he said part of it is I was a brown dozer. And then I would come home with like a literal brown nose and my dad would just laugh his ass off at me. My mom's like trying to pick it off me. I don't know what's going on, (laughs) you know, and he's just, you know, you're going to end up in prison. I'm going to have to send you away. And he used to always threaten to send me away. He called it Villanova. And, you know, Villanova is a college, a Jesuit college in uh, Pennsylvania. But he also said it was like a male boarding school. And it, like that's whenever he would threaten me with. And, you know, like that's a scary thought when you're a little kid, you're six years old, and, you know, being taken away from your your mom who you love and your dad who's making fun of you because you have a brown nose. You know, he's just like, well, you're going to you're going to I'm sending you away to Villanova so you don't end up in prison. You don't want to be like that Merle Haggard song. I turned 21 in prison doing life without parole my whole life, man. And I, you know, as I grew older and my, you know, my life has happened, I, I still give my dad shit about that. I'm like, still haven't been in prison yet, but he's like, yeah, I guess I, <laughs> I guess I was, like, ah, I guess I was wrong. Not over <laughs> yet though. John. <laughs> yeah. Hey, stop. So, <laughs> but there you go. Um, let's see. Uh, we got one right here. Um, I can't even say that. Can, can I, fuck that name up and i'm sorry my little brother used to save his toenail clippings in a jar <laughs> this is just getting, this is just becoming a disgusting part of the podcast oh, but maybe man. we move past that i think i have a few in the back of my head for next time that i've got so i've got some good pigeon stories from my dad being a pigeon racer so we'll okay. tell that let's get on that. the next podcast so uh on that note jamsters we appreciate you hanging out through the childhood trauma we didn't lose too many people on that uh i guess we all have fucked 20 up childhoods time. 20 every time there's 20 people <laughs> just like i am not watching this shit people. anymore <laughs> Uh, but again, thank you for for joining us and celebrating this 18th win in a row for the Phoenix Suns. Uh, you could have gone anywhere in the world. You decided to hang out right here with the Suns Jam Session podcast. So uh, we appreciate that. Hit that thumbs up button down below on the YouTube channel. Subscribe, rate, and review if you're listening to the podcast. Follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida. Follow Matthew. At Matthew Lissy. And follow the show at Suns Jam. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow live after the Phoenix Suns play the Golden State Warriors once again. We're shooting for 19 in a row. Let's go. Let's go. Go home and love your family. Let's go. Let, let's go. Home and love our family. <laughs> Take care. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers.